Welcome to Dodgers Dogs. Casey Porter with Austin Brubaker here on a Wednesday night. Austin, I know you had a very, very, very busy day, but never too busy to talk Dodgers baseball. Never too busy to talk Dodgers baseball. Very excited to be on. Thanks for having me again, Casey. Sounds like the steam is picking up. Austin, you were on this probably two weeks ago. The Lazardo and Tanner Scott train. Sounds like the steam is picking up. There was a tweet out from MLB Insider 1 today. Now, keep in mind, this person has been very hit or miss, whatever the account is, has tended to be more accurate towards the Dodgers than any other organization, and then did get the Shohei Otani signing down, basically down to how it was going to happen and all that. And I say this all the time, Austin, typically speaking, where there is smoke, there is at least some fire. Doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. So the reason why I would take it seriously is the fact that it just simply makes so much sense for both sides. Yeah, and with that, I think one, keep in mind, this isn't from an official account like a John Heyman, John Morosi, um, any of those guys. So you have to take it with at least a little bit of grain of salt. But I think with the match that the Dodgers have with the Marlins pairing up with Jesus Lazardo and Tanner Scott, you're talking about a lot of the Dodgers' needs or correct that some of the things that the Dodgers could potentially want as opposed to need it makes a lot of sense for them to at least entertain conversations with the Marlins for Lazardo and Scott again we're not saying that that is going to happen we don't have any inside information we're just looking at the Dodgers roster as currently constructed and trying to find ways to where there could be some sort of improvement and I think that type of trade could make sense for the Los Angeles Dodgers moving forward. Uh, again, not saying that that is going to happen, but there it would make sense for them to entertain that option. Once versus needs, that's obviously going to be an opinion based on from one person to the next. Some people could say that the Dodgers actually do need both a left-handed starter and a left-handed high leverage reliever. So we'll see. I know Noah Cameras wrote that article on Dodgers Nation today. That was really cool because – I got to go on with, with D-Mac, and they cut right in the middle of that article right to the part of the conversation we have with D-Mac. We were talking about that. So that was really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. If you haven't had a chance to go over to Dodgers Nation, go watch D-Mac's show and watch Casey got a chance to go on a couple of different times. I think there's going to be one more coming out within the next couple of days or yeah. so. Uh, it's really cool to be able to do that and just get some interaction in this Dodgers community on YouTube. There's a whole bunch of different great Dodgers channels. Z-Mac's a part of that. Clint's a part of that. Yeah. Tim's a part of that. There's a whole bunch of different channels out there. And we just love to be able to collaborate together and talk through different ideas. Because uh, there's different things that we can bring up and different ideas that just sound good and start to make sense where you think about it. And like, hey, maybe that does make a lot of sense. And I think this Jesus Lazardo, Tanner Scott uh, trade idea has picked up a lot of steam because I think uh, a lot of Dodgers fans have taken a step back and thought that this could at least be an option that the Dodgers go around. They could go down this. Now, if you don't want to give up a lot of prospects, if you want to go down the free agency route, that certainly is an option the Dodgers could explore. If you're on the path of, hey, let's just go ahead. We have a ton of really talented prospects, and we've talked about these guys quite a bit. If you want to go down that route, you can certainly go down that route but with the where the Dodgers are at, they seem to be going 
all in right now with Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto getting $1 billion, Dodgers spending that, them going after Tyler Glass now, them adding all these individual pieces, it would make sense for them to continue this train of going all in, which is one of the many reasons why a trade for Lazardo and Scott could make sense. One thing I would like to know, and we're going to get to the comments. We have a wonderful lobby already going tonight. What percentage of homegrown versus not homegrown would start making you nervous? I know, I think it was Sean said the other day, maybe it was Tamatli or Jay. They said, hey, anything over 50% bought and not homegrown would make them a little bit nervous. When you look at the 2020 championship team, the Dodgers had, what, 20-some-odd homegrown players on it? So, hey, I, I, matter of fact, if I have some time here next time, Austin, matter of fact, why don't you go ahead and, and expound on that and kind of tell us what your thoughts are on homegrown versus bot. Is there any certain limit that would make you uncomfortable, even if it's like the Otanis that they're buying? Yeah, I, I think with me, as far as this perspective, I think this comes down to more of a talk about the price at which you're getting a lot of players we know when you get and develop a lot of younger grown talents you're going to be paying them a lot less so like a james outman and a bobby miller two fantastic talents that were given the opportunity due to certain circumstances last year gavin lux goes down and spot opens up on the roster james outman was able to fill that he was able to run away with that the Dodgers pitching staff last season dealt with a lot of injuries that led to more opportunities for Bobby Miller. He was able to step up and really take advantage of that role. So if you're able to add in a lot of really talented young players, what I see one of the advantages of that is you're getting those guys for the league minimum. You're getting those guys for several years of control. So from a roster construction standpoint, it makes sense to at least have a good proportion of guys on your on your uh, 40-man roster that are homegrown or at least cheap talents. Now, the question goes from your roster construction talent to recognizing this team, how much of the percentage do you want to be homegrown versus how much do you want to be from other places acquired through other avenues? And I think with that, I think with the Dodgers, there has been enough of a realization, especially the past two off seasons, or the past two seasons. Dodgers have lost quite a bit in the playoffs the past two seasons. The way that they've gone about doing it hasn't really worked. So there has to be some sort of adjustment in the plan of how it's worked. Now, the Dodgers in the past have signed guys to one-year deals. They've gotten reclamation projects. They've done different avenues i think what the dodgers are doing this offseason is they're making a correction to the plan they're going all in they're acquiring superstar type talent to put them over the top and if you do that if you put a superstar talent over the top and you be smart about it it's not that they're just going out and signing guys to long-term deals because they can i think they've actually been smart and fairly strategic on how they've done it. Shohei Otani, they signed to a long-term deal. He's the best player in baseball, and they signed him to one of the best contracts in baseball, even though towards the later half, after the 10 years, there's going to be a lot of money. They're going to be able to find ways to strategically pay that off. 
Yoshinobu Yamamoto, he was the best investment for the starting pitchers because you're getting him at 25 years old as opposed to when he's starting to age at 30. I think they are being smart and strategic about that. Even Tasker Hernandez signing him to a one-year deal. So I think they're being smart and strategic about how they're doing their signings, which if you do that and compare and add that to some of the talent that you have that home that's homegrown, I think it's good. But with this, if you win a World Series championship, I don't care if it's 20 percent, 30 percent, 70 percent. That is what the Dodgers need to do. And that is what they have failed at doing for a long time. So I think they're. You obviously want there to be some homegrown talent, and I think some of that you don't want to just get guys to get guys, but I think they are making smart strategic moves to help put them over the top right now. Carlos Mares, thank you so much for joining this evening. Says, first, LFG Dodgers. No doubt about that. Hey, by the way, we found out today that spring training, because of the South Korea game for the Dodgers and the Padres, that pitchers and catchers are going to report on February 9th. So you're, what, less than three weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting? Yeah, it's it's going to come up really quick. I mean, we're going to hit Groundhog Day, and then a week later it's going to be pitchers and catchers reporting. Roy says, hello, Dodger fam. Good evening, Roy. Thank you so much for joining. Samuel Ellis, thank you so much for joining. Greetings, y'all. Hope your day was great. Yes, very busy. It was a very good day, though. Still very cold here in Oklahoma. Still have the snowmageddon going on there in Michigan, Austin? Oh, the past couple of days, it's been in negative temperatures. It's been a lot of snow. All the roads are covered with ice. Oh, we're having a blast over here. We're ready for some baseball. So are they getting out of school? Are the, are the kiddos getting out of school? Yeah the, yeah, the past couple of days, a lot of the local schools have shut down. So it's I'm sure all of the all of the kids are super excited about that, not having to go to school. I still have to go to work, so mm. it's not – It's I mean, it's the exact same thing for me. But, no, it's it's very cold this time of year. Yeah. Um, I'm just ready for some baseball. We had us a snow day Tuesday, and then today we got out because one of the boilers in a in our high school wasn't working, so it was going to be too cold. So we've actually gotten two days off as well. Roy, we don't need to sign a starter now. We can assess our team during the season and sign a pitcher at the trade deadline, play the season, identify the gaps, and fill them in. The only thing I would say to that is I think that would used to be a good strategy. I don't like that strategy anymore, Roy, and here's why. And because there's with the new wild card, there's way too many teams that are that are going to be close enough to 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 actually qualify for that wild card. When they added that last wild card, it brought in almost every single team in the league. And the Dodgers found that up that out about the trade deadline, last trade deadline. When you look at the pitching that was available at the deadline, it is going to be way more expensive then than it is now because when you look at a team that, that's wanting to get rid of a Dylan Cease or somebody like that, they are only going to be about two games away from that wild card at the worst. Like, I mean, even the Angels last year. That's why they didn't trade Shohei Otani. They were only down, uh, I think, three games in the wild card. So I'm of the opinion, and I said this even in the postgame show, that the one that I went on the rant about something needs to change, that one. Uh, I even said then, the Dodgers have to pivot from being a team that likes to assess, be more careful about filling the gaps and waiting to the trade, trade deadline because I think that's a thing of the past because of the wild card. I said they needed to pivot to become more of a trade offseason, free agent offseason team, and I think they've made that pivot, and I think that's the right move. Just my opinion, though. It- 
yeah, they've they've really run away with that this offseason. Yeah, I think we look back at last trade deadline. Obviously, the Dodgers tried to make a move with the Detroit Tigers for Eduardo Rodriguez. That went right to the deadline. That did not work out. Eduardo Rodriguez had the option in a no-trade clause in his contract to where he could decline it for several teams, including the Dodgers. So that didn't work out. If that trade would have gone through, though, it would have cost the Dodgers a ton to go ahead and get in Eduardo Rodriguez. So I think it's totally fair for the Dodgers to be in a place right now, because they have a lot of pitching depth. Not to mention to the same guys that are going to be available at the deadline are the same guys that are available now. You could go get them right now. They are, yes. Corbin Burns, yes. Dylan and, Cease, that kind of guy. Yes, and so you have the option to be able to go down that route. But let's say that we're, the Dodgers are in a place where they are comfortable with the guys that they have, both at the major league club and at the minor league level right now. Let's say that... They were like, okay, Walker Buehler, we're going to give you a month or so off. We're going to delay the start of your season a month. And then we're going to go ahead and call up one of these other prospects to pair with Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, Yamamoto, and the rest of the starting staff and be able to work some of those guys. I think that is an option if you are comfortable with the arms that you have in this system and you want to develop these guys to be homegrown talents. Now, is that something where the Dodgers look at this upcoming season and are comfortable with doing with Shohei Otani? That, I don't know if they are comfortable with that. We've seen them make a lot of moves for more veteran-type pieces. We've seen them move on from a Johnny DeLuca to a Manuel Margot Mm -hmm. because Johnny DeLuca is a little bit younger. Manuel Margot, in their eyes, one paired with Tyler Glass now got them a ace-level starter, but also they could see him a little bit more as a higher floor, even though I think Johnny DeLuca is a better player than Manuel Margot. Um, are the Dodgers in a position to where they want to pitch a lot of these younger guys and get them the necessary innings to be able to develop them at the big league innings? I think they're in a position where they would like to keep a lot of these arms because these arms are incredibly talented. I don't know if they have the room to give these guys the innings that they need before they get another year older. And then you're not talking about a bunch of guys 25, 26 years old. You're talking about a bunch of guys 26, 27 years old, in which case they're losing more value. And that's when the conversation gets brought up of, okay, we have a bunch of guys. Do we go ahead and use these guys to go get a different trade piece? Do we go the Michael Bush route and trade some of these guys for younger prospects? Um, I don't know what the Dodgers are going to do. They're going to have to figure out what their plan is and what are some of their priorities for these younger starting pitchers. Are they going to give them opportunities at the big league level, especially early in the season, if they want to delay some of the starts of their pitchers, if they want to space out some of the innings? Or are they looking for a little bit more of a sure thing from the starting pitching route? What I don't really want to happen is the Dodgers to go get an innings eater right now for the sake of getting an innings eater. I would much rather those innings go to Nick Frasso, go to Gavin Stone, go to Landon Knack, go to Kyle Hurst, go to these guys and actually develop them if you need to fill innings, as opposed to getting a guy like a Hunjin Ryu, who you might be there for one year, and you might know kind of what the floor is. But you're not expecting them to start a playoff game. You're just there to fill innings. Might as well give those innings to some of the younger guys and prioritize those 
or use some of those pieces in a trade. So uh, I could see the Dodgers wanting to keep a lot of these younger guys. They're going to have to figure out a plan for these young guys, though. Some of them might have to spend some time in Toledo, or not Toledo, that's Detroit, in Oklahoma City. Uh, the still have to spend time. I know. They have to spend time in AAA. Uh, but the Dodgers need to come up with a plan for these guys, and I think that's what they are trying to figure out right now. No doubt about that. And here's another deal. I think it's going to be tougher to incorporate the younger pitchers earlier in the season when you don't have a lead in your division Let's say that you come out and you get a 10-game lead in the division, right? It's going to be easier to incorporate rookies at that point because you have the 10-game cushion. When you start game one and you go, you play the Padres in Korea, it, you don't have a lead in the division, right? It's a lot tougher to throw out a Nick Frosso, a Landon Knack, a, a Kyle Hurt, or an image, even an image Sheehan. It's tougher to throw those guys out there when you don't have a lead in the division. So what happens if you want to wait until, you know, you get a lead in the division to use these guys? You want to get a buffer first? And now here it is, June. Landon Knack hasn't thrown, but maybe a couple of – and also, if you only use these guys in spot duty, they're not going to pitch like they're capable of. Like, if you bring up Landon Knack, pitch him, then don't pitch him again in the major leagues, and you taxi him a couple – like they did Gavin Stone last year, you're not going to get the Landon Knack that, that he is capable of being, or Nick Frosso. So if you do that to these guys for three or four months, give them spotty major league starts, it's not going to look all that impressive. And to me, at the trade deadline, they're that much older and they're going to be their their value is going to be that much less because they're going to have major league innings that weren't on a consistent basis and they're not going to look as good as they should have been. So unless you have the the ability to say Nick, Landon, Kyle. This is your exact role. These are the exact amount of innings until that you're going to get until July 31st. This is what you're going to do. Unless you're able to say that, you, I, I think you're actually going to have less value in those guys than you have in them now because they're younger. And then also you're giving off the perception to other teams that, hey, there's nobody that knows these guys better than you do, and they're not willing to use them. That's kind of where I'm at with the trade. Yeah, that message that you send off, if you go and sign another starting pitcher, you go sign to a one-year deal to fill innings. That is a clear clear message that you don't trust the guys in your system. And that is going to decrease the value or at least provide a perception that, man, if the Dodgers don't trust these guys, they know these guys as good as anybody. What do they know that we don't know? And there's going to be a lot of fear that is brought up in that. That's going to decrease their value. Not that they're, they've done anything wrong. I think these guys need innings because they have the talent to do so. And they need to consistency. We talked about this quite a bit, that train between Oklahoma city and LA. Sometimes they go up there, they don't even pitch in LA and then they're brought back. There's very inconsistent things. That is a hard, hard, difficult way to live, especially if you're, starting pitcher trying to force your way in and i think the point of bringing it up uh, as far as do we want to start these wait for these guys to start when we have a lead in division well if they're also thinking about bringing back clayton kershaw that is going to there limit some of the innings dustin may 
Tony Tony Gonsolin. I'm going to guess Tony Gonsolin. I'm not really counting on very many innings for him this upcoming season. But if Dustin May is coming back, which it sounds like he's starting to throw a little bit, that's going to at least get some innings, whether that's starting, whether that's relief innings, that's going to eat up some innings as well. So it becomes very limited as far as the opportunities for these guys as at the big league level. And I think they deserve to have opportunities at the big league level. Otherwise their development is going to be limited in the future, which means you would be losing value on that. So I think waiting, you can have some of these guys as depth pieces. Yeah, I think not, you're going not to all need of them. Yes. I think you're going to need some depth pieces. So it's, we're not saying go ahead and trade all of these guys and all these guys are going to be starters at the big league level. The Dodgers have a log jam of guys at the upper levels, a lot of really talented right-handers starting pitchers that other teams could covet. Take advantage of that before it is too late to, and don't waste these guys' careers. They don't deserve that, and that's not going to help the organization. Yeah, no doubt. So if you don't have consistent roles for these guys, if all they are is depth, then, like you said, keep a couple of them, trade a couple of them. I, if Landon Knack and Nick Frosso are your two depth pieces, Kyle Hurt goes to the bullpen, and then Emmett Sheehan and, and, and Bobby Miller are consistently in the rotation. That's perfect. Okay, but at that point, then trade Gavin Stone and River Ryan. Don't keep those two who literally have no role whatsoever. Because if you do, now Gavin Stone's 26 years old. He's had spotty duty at the major league level. None this year. And so what is he worth at that point? That's kind of what I'm that, that's that's what we're saying here is is figure out who your depth pieces are and then trade the other ones that aren't or vice versa. Don't keep all of them because if you do you're not going to get all the value out of them. So, hey, good point there Austin. Yes, showtime. There was a report from MLB Insider 1 that was actually earlier today. There also was a article from Noah Cameras of Dodgers Nation. It was not any kind of reporting like like, hey, this is going to happen or anything like that. It was just a pr- proposed trade package, which, Austin, you were on this first, no doubt about it. I think the reason when people like Noah and Doug McCain, they hear these types of situations, the reason why we ran with it the way we did, just looking at what the Dodgers have from trade pieces, the redundancy they have in their organization, then looking at what they don't have, you and I kind of put our brains together and especially you, I mean, you you deserve most of the credit on this, if not all of it, and kind of put our brains together as to what would actually make sense to maximize the trade value for all these guys while also returning to the Dodgers exactly what they need, not just an innings eater, not just a, a, a guy to throw in there. What do they actually need? Well, they actually need a left-handed starter. They need a left-handed high-leverage reliever. So – what guy? What type of redundancy do the Dodgers have in their system that could go get goes like go get a couple of guys like that? Well, what we came up with was, hey, Miami. First of all, you and I, I think uh, we first came to the, the conclusion that, hey, man, just looking at rosters, that Los Angeles and Miami they make great trade partners because Miami needs some some pieces that the Dodgers have. We they have a ton of lefties, so that was the first thing. And then you dove into it, and you're like, well, Tanner Scott makes sense. Because he's on a contract year, they didn't even, you know, they're, he's, they're, he's probably pretty upset with them about the arbitration deal. So him being on a contract year, they would be likely to move him. And then when you look at Jesus Lazardo, he's a guy that has a lot of upside, 
but doesn't have you know just elite statistics. So he's a guy that you say, well, why would they give up, uh, give him up for a Nick Frosso and a River Ryan? Well, it's because he hasn't been elite. He's been far from that. He's been you know as far as the the statistics would say, maybe a three, maybe a four in a rotation. So you'd be getting a guy back like a Nick Frosso that has a hundred mile an hour fastball, a River Ryan maybe that has a ninety nine mile an hour fastball, and then you'd be getting a, a top end catcher. Diego Cartaya is still a top end catcher. Don't believe anything that anybody's saying if they're saying he's not. He doesn't need a half a season to to, to raise his stock. Diego Cartaya is fine. The, these guys know that when you catch, and especially full seasons in AA, what happened to Diego happens to even all-star catchers. It happened to Will Smith. These organizations know that. He still has plenty, plenty, plenty of stock in him. And then you go down in the lower depths, and you got plenty of guys like Rain Don Cone that I think would be very, very valuable. And I know a lot of people think Josue De Paula is untouchable. I, it would be interesting to see how that goes. But, but yeah, so you have the pieces to go do that. Lazardo has not been an elite pitcher. I think it's more so that he's left-handed, he throws 97, and that he's young and has major league experience. That whole combo, plus it's what the Dodgers need. You put all that together, and it's a package that absolutely makes sense, and that's kind of why we ran with it. Yeah, I'll push back a little bit as far as Lazard. I think we're might be underrating him yeah. a little bit because he's yeah. been he's been a very good pitcher. I wouldn't say he's an ace, but I'd say he's more of a two or a three. Oh, you, you think go he's back that high on the Dodgers rotation? Not in the Dodgers rotation, but in most other organizations as far as rotations. You look back at the past couple of years uh, combined, he's had a 125 ERA plus for the past two seasons combined. He's in the top as far as left-handed starting pitching the past couple of seasons. He's in the top six or seven or so as far as strikeouts per nine. He can get a lot of strikeouts. There's a lot of value that Jesus Lazardo provides. So I don't think we're underscore. I don't, I think we ought to do justice to just how good he is, but I think a really important part of this component would be, he would be important. In Jesus Lazardo, really nice first postseason rotation i think the biggest downfall to last year's team was just the injuries to their rotation they were decimated by injuries to the point where game three they started lance lynn against in a winner in a they game that they had to win uh and obviously that did not work out so they need to add some insurance and there's some question marks as far as potential injuries on this roster as far as the front line starting pitching. So I think Jesus Lizardo would be a good quality piece that you could rely on to start a playoff game if necessary. So I think that's why it also makes sense for the Dodgers. He's starting to get a little bit older. He's starting to get more expensive. I don't know what the Marlins, as far as their plans for their roster going forward, it's they're under a little bit of a different direction right now. So it's a little bit of a mystery as far as what they're wanting to do. If they're wanting to move off from a lot of their older talents, which there has been some rumors that a guy like Luis Arias, who we've talked about in the past, don't really see a good fit for him in LA. They might be willing to move off of him. It would make sense why they would be interested in moving off of, especially at Tanner Scott, but even at Jesus Lazardo, because there is some redundancy. Braxton Garrett is a, another excellent picture pitcher that the Marlins have that's left-handed. Mm-hmm. They have some younger guys that are 
good, solid arms in that for that team. So with that, you'd have to think about it from Marlins perspective as far as what would make sense. They're going to ask for good quality, probably some younger prospects as well in return. So there would have to be some negotiation. There's a line that the Dodgers would draw as far as we're not really willing to go with this. Let's just roll with some of the younger guys or wait for a different option. But with Lizardo, I think it would make sense for the Dodgers to pursue this right now. No doubt. And the thing about it is they're going to get four guys back. Okay, they're going to get four guys back. They're going to get two quality, quality starters. You're going to get a guy like a Nick Frasso who is 100-plus, and as long as he's healthy, he's ever been as talented as Jesus Lazardo. Just hasn't had the opportunity. River Ryan, every bit as talented as Jesus Lazardo, just hasn't had the opportunity. Then you're going to get one of the best catching prospects in the game. Then you're probably going to get an outfielder that is one of the best Dodgers prospects there. So actually, really from a value perspective, I mean, they would be getting a lot back. I mean, a lot back. And so to Miami, for a team that's probably – a ways away from winning a World Series, Here, here's why it makes sense to them. Okay, so for them, what gets them closer to being competitive for a World Series? Four good players or one really good player? Do you see what I'm saying? One really yeah. good starter versus, okay, two two good starters and then four really good players. The four really good players spreading it out especially seeing that one of them's a catcher, one of them's an outfielder. You get two starters instead of one. Spreading that out for a team like Miami is more valuable for a club like that. Having the one guy that that is the best player out of all of them is for a team like the Dodgers that can that that can that can, you know, afford guys like that to keep one dude after the other. But again, you know, that that's why Miami, it would make sense to them to get the, you know, just the abundance of players versus just the one. Yeah, no, that that definitely makes a lot of sense. I don't know exactly as far as the perspective, as far as Miami, what they would even consider. Again, we don't even know if they're even considering a trade like this. It would make right. sense for them to consider a trade like this. It also made sense for the Angels last offseason to consider or even at the trade deadline to consider a trade for Shohei Otani. They didn't go with that. So other organizations might not go with the trade that we look at it and say, this makes a lot of sense. We can offer you with a lot of talent. Doesn't mean that they're going to roll with it. And the Dodgers are going to find what they feel is the best realistic option. This could be an unrealistic option, similar to, I think, the trade for Randy Rosarena probably was an unrealistic option because the Rays are competitive this could be an unrealistic option just because miami might just not be willing to deal those guys or specifically deal with the dodgers right now i don't know what their situation is so right now i think this would make the most sense and provide the best value and best insurance for the dodgers i think this is an even bigger priority to me right now then having a late inning closer, I think you can find mm. guys throughout the season. You can develop guys. You can go sign a free agent if you need to. Um, I see having the enough quality depth so that the exact reason why you failed in last postseason doesn't happen again as the biggest priority over anything else. Uh, so that's either, I believe, going to come from developing some of these younger guys and making sure they get enough quality time 
or by going and using some of these guys that you probably are not going to use to go get another good quality piece as insurance to that rotation so that the Dodgers rotation does not fail them again in October like it did this past season. No doubt about it. So you saw Nick Frosso here as Landon Knack. We're playing some of the guys. I know one of the questions is who you'd have to give up. So I'm going to roll through them. It would probably be a Nick Frosso and a Landon Knack. Uh, I would guess you would need to give up two pitchers from that perspective, then a catcher in Diego Cartaya, and then likely one of your better prospects at one of the lower levels. So, Mike, yeah, we'll spectrum stream the games this year. Uh, I actually don't know that. Okay, so I will check into that, and I will get back to you on that. And, by the way, we had a question about our international signings. I talked to Austin Chubb, Austin, <laughs> and he got me to the right guy. I have been in contact. We we're actually going to have somebody on, hopefully, here on Dodgers Daily that can go over each one of the international prospects that the Dodgers signed yesterday. So, super excited about that. Austin Chubb hooked us up on that also i have a text out to billy gasparino who actually messaged me back and said hey yeah you know we both went to oklahoma state we were right there about the same time period and he was late 90s i was mid 90s and so yeah message back and forth i have not got a message back from him the last one as far as what day and time to set up with him so super excited to get that back from uh, Billy Gasparino and and get to talk to him because he is just absolutely a rock star in this Dodger system. So be looking out for that. And then tomorrow I'm we're going to premiere our conversation with Sean Coyne. Sean Coyne's going to talk about all the Rancho pitchers. He's going to talk about Jared Caros, Peter Hubeck, Peyton Martin. He's going to talk about Ronaldo Yeen, who is over 100 miles an hour, and he's also going to talk Tyrone Lorenzo. He's going to talk about all the rock stars at Rancho. It's about 45 minutes long. And if you don't know Sean Coyne, this dude is a rock star in terms of how he talks, how this interview goes. He is awesome. You will not want to miss that tomorrow night. That is going to be a super amount of fun. So join us yeah, for that. No, I, can I, uh, I'll, I'll, just take, I'll just take a minute to say that uh, the interviews that are coming out with Dodgers Daily, you won't find anywhere else, and they're amazing. You know, the, yesterday there was a bunch of interviews that premiered: Gus Varland, Michael Grove, Taylor Young. We got to see those. We got to hear from Great Lakes pitching coach Dave Anderson this past week. Now we get some more interviews coming up. So if you're a fan of the Great Lakes Loons, tomorrow you want a sneak peek of some of the guys that you're going to see next season. Just tune in. If you're a fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers, which I'm sure just about everybody who's watching is. You want to pay attention to these guys because these guys can be the future of this organization. And being to hear that directly from some of the people that work with these guys or hearing it from their own voices as well, from Gus Barlin, from Michael Grove, uh, is really cool to be able to see. And uh, be sure to check out those interviews if you haven't already. It's kind of cool to see a guy talk about actually making his major league debut at Wrigley and being there. It's just cool to see the personal side of that to me. Okay, so let's get back to the chat here. This is Diego Cartaya. You're seeing who would the Dodgers give up? I've showed you. I think it's probably going to be Frasso and Knack, and then I think it's going to be Diego Cartaya, and then probably one of your better outfield prospects in the organization. I think that's who it would take. Would you be in agreement with that, Austin? It, I, I, 
I go back and forth as far as what they're going to need. If they're wanting a more MLB-ready talent, I think Miguel Vargas is in that conversation because they aren't. I don't know what their plan is for him. He had his opportunity this past season. Obviously, things didn't work out. Spence, there are certain reasons why that could have been, whether that's injury, whether that is part of the swing. Um, he was sent back down. So I don't know if the Dodgers want to keep him more as a depth piece in case there's some sort of injury to some of the infield, maybe left field as well, just to keep that down there. Uh, but I think he would be part of the conversations because he's MLB ready. He's big league hitter. If the Marlins wanted a more closer big league hitter, he would be part of that. I think the Dodgers would do everything they could to try to hold on to a guy like an Andy Pajes because I think they envision him probably being part of the plan for the outfield starting in 2025 when a couple of roster spots, Margot, Hayward, Hernandez opens and up. you already I think gave up DeLuca. He was your other outfield prospect. And DeLuca was the other guy that could have been a part of that plan. Now Pajes is that guy. So I think right-handed wise, that, you still have Warden guys yes. like that. Those are your right-handers. Yes. 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 You have Jose and, Ramos still, but yes. And so I think with this, I think with the Marlins in order for it to make sense, there are going to have to be, there's going to have to be a guy that you give up, that's going to be an extremely tough pill to swallow. I don't know who <laughs> that four. piece is. <laughs> it's, it's going to They're be all going to be tough that, to swallow. Be... Speak for yourself, Brubaker. Yes, and, and, and I think it's one of those guys who it's going to be somebody that we're not talking about. Like, oh, geez, we have to give up him. It could be worth it if this is the piece that you need no doubt. to put you over the top to win a World Series. And like we've talked about in the past, if the if this trade goes through and then you get Roki Sasaki, you have Shohei Otani pitching, not that you have to trade Lazardo, not that you have to trade any of your pitchers, but that becomes an option and then it can turn into a situation like what the Dodgers did to Michael Bush, like what they were rumored to do with the Dylan C's to where they have the flexibility to make a move to reacquire some talent and the 2024-2025 offseason if they're wanting to re-up some of their minor league depth, some of the prospects that they wanted to do. So I think this provides a lot of different options. I don't know what the package is going to be. Marlins are going to want some of the guys that you covet the most, and the Dodgers might have to cave on that if they want to make this trade work. They're going to have to cave on multiple guys the Dodgers don't want to give yeah, up, yeah. and that would be way out of the character because this front office, they like to get all these all-star type team guys, but they do not like to give up their prospects at all. Larry says, don't like the idea. You're looking at Dalton rushing here, by the way. Don't like the idea that the Dodgers should wait till the deadline. I agree with you in here, and I've said, you know, because of the, the wild card. Another reason, too, is, like I said earlier, you already know who the guys are that you're going to target. It's Dylan Cease, it's Corbin Burns, and right now it's Josh Hader because – he is a free agent, but I, I still think he's going to sign a one- or two-year deal. I don't think it's going to be four or five. He's still going to be available at the trade deadline. I don't think the names are going to change at the trade deadline as far as the guys you're going to be going after, the, as far as the guys you're going after versus who's available now. And I only think you stand the chance of prospects losing value between now and then. That's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, and I don't envision the price – 
at the trade deadline. It, Being it seems counterintuitive. I don't. It seems counterintuitive because um, you would be getting them for two plus the postseason, two months plus the postseason, as opposed to a full season. But I don't envision a drastic difference in price between during the offseason and during the postseason for the type of pitcher that the Dodgers would covet, which would be a guy who could start in the postseason. The price between the offseason and the trade deadline, I think the window is narrowed at the trade yeah. deadline. Plus There's you're going to have more teams going options. for the same guys because you're going to have yes. so many teams close to the trade deadline. You're going to have a million teams going, man, if we just trade for this one dude, we're going to be in the playoff. So you're going to have more competition at the trade deadline than you do right now. And I think there's a lot of other organizations right now who, because they have the option of free agency, they could still go out and sign a Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. They might not be willing to give up the prospects. It's going to take a team who takes a chance and say, no, we're going to make this investment with some of the prospects that we have. Somebody is going to have to make that move if they want to acquire a Dylan Cease, a Corbin Burns, a Jesus Lazardo. The Dodgers could be that organization that says, no, we're not going to spend 10 years and for a free agent starting pitcher or six or seven years, which could be bad on the back end. We're going to invest some of these prospects because we have the best development organization and we can create more talent. And there is another wave of incredible talent yes, coming up. There, there is. is a lot of good guys that are coming up that are going to fill into the holes of a lot of these guys for the prospects that you give up. Okay, let's say that the Marlins don't want Diego Cartaya. They want Dalton rushing instead. You know what's coming up? Tyrone Lorenzo. Tyrone Lorenzo. Yeah. Tyrone Lorenzo might be the best you know prospect in the whole there? organization. I, I, he, I would bet to say Lorenzo has the most amount of talent of any catcher in the organization. Best arm. Oh, you he's just, a switch I'm, hitter. Yeah, maybe you know, Ralton rushing has a lot of power, but so does Laurent. I mean, I know he's in, in still in single A, but as far as just physical tools and skills, I'm not sure Lorenzo's not the most talented catcher in the org. He led the Dodgers affiliates in WRC plus with yeah. a 155 WRC plus of all players in the Dodgers minor league organization last yep. year. That is how much talent, and that is part of the upside. You want to see that him repeat that as he moves up levels? He's still incredibly young. I believe he's going to be in Great Lakes for most of next season, which I'm super yeah, pumped I bet to see you are. what he's going to be able to do selfishly. Uh, he's got a ton of talent. So the point with this is the Dodgers could make the choice instead of holding on to these guys and saying we might need these guys or we might use these guys we could go the Dodgers could go and get frontline help that is much needed and still be able to develop guys that can fill in those shoes at the, the big league level when needed or develop prospects to be top line guys there's a lot of talent in this organization they have the best coaches the best development staff they have some of the best as far as being able to draft guys they are incredibly talented at this so if you they decide to make a move they've already lost a lot of talent and think about how much talent is still in this organization uh they can make a true trade like this and i don't want the dodgers to hold on to these guys just to hold on to these guys and then waste their careers yep this is Tyrone Lorenzo. You saw Jose Ramos right before him. And I say it all the times, you have to wait till a guy hits double A to see if they are able, physically capable of making the adjustments that double A 
forces you to make. If you can make the adjustments and have success against double-A pitching that averages the same velos as, as Major League Pitching does, the same type of vertical movements on the sliders, if you can be successful at the double-A level and make that adjustment, you have Major League talent. So I say it all the time, you have to be careful with these young guys. Hey, cool the brakes on them like Josue DePaula. Cool the brakes on, on Tyrone Lorenzo. No doubt about it. So whenever you're talking about these guys, you're just talking about physically raw tools. You're not talking about Major League predict, projection at this point because you don't know how they're going to handle those adjustments. Having said that, the guy you're seeing on the screen right now, Tyrone, uh, Tyrone Lorenzo, this is not my opinion, guys. I've talked to probably 15 people that are, well, half of them aren't even biased with, you know, we're talking about scouts that I sit with at, at, at Drillers Games or at Oklahoma City. I hope they become the 89ers, the, whatever they are right now. And I, t- and, and I always, anytime I sit next to a scout, which is every time I get a chance, I've started to know a lot of them. I always just pepper their ass with, hey, what do you think? You know, because I like to get a, an honest evaluation of what they think about the Dodgers players. And I, I can just tell you to a person. When I mentioned Tyrone Lorenzo, they're all like, "Oh dear God, <laughs> that guy is that guy's <laughs> awesome." I'm just telling every single one of them, and that's not Dodgers people. And then to turn the page on that, you talk to Dylan Ashotka, who is the hitting coach. Talk to Sean Coyne today, who is the pitching coach, who got to work with Lorenzo because Lorenzo's a catcher, and they're like, "Oh dear God, this guy's a rock star." I mean, that's not those aren't my words; those are their words. These are professionals that know a lot more about it than I do. So when somebody says to me, oh, you, you, can't, you can't get rid of Diego Cartaya, you can't get rid of, of who, you know, a Dalton Rushing who would immediately – okay, so you go get rid of Dalton Rushing, and next year he's in the major leagues for whoever – I mean, next year. That's how advanced he is. Whereas he's – so it's actually could be better for him. I love Dalton Rushing. I'm not saying you do it. I love Diego Cartier. I'm not saying – I'm just saying that, that there's so much redundancy that these guys can fill in those gaps, not to mention you, you still have Will Smith, right? I mean, so there, there is just – there's so much talent and so much redundancy that at this point, the team that you built at the major league level, okay – they're probably the the odds on favorite to win the World Series anyways, but you have so much redundancy in your farm system. There is no reason not to go get whoever it is you want and don't worry about the prospect it is you're, that you're giving up because whoever it is you're giving up, as much as it sucks to do it, you have other dudes that can fill in the redundancy of that hole. That's coming yeah, from I- a guy that that loves these prospects I watch every one of their games I have a chance to. I talk to other team scouts about these guys. I could not be any stronger on that opinion. Yeah, no, and it's the same thing with me. I get to watch every single one of the Great Lakes Loons games, get to go to most most of them, or get to go to a huge portion of them, get to interact with these guys. These guys are incredibly talented, and we get to see them firsthand We also understand where the Dodgers are at right now and how they have failed at their mission 
of winning the World Series. They haven't even gotten out of the first round of the playoffs the past couple of seasons. That has to change, and it can't be something where and they've done man, a great I job. Want, really want to hold on to this prospect where there's a lot of redundancy, where there's a lot of good talent. Well, maybe I want to keep all three of these guys when that could be the one thing that is holding you back from giving you the best chance to win the World Series next season. We're not saying trade away the whole farm system. That would be foolish. Um, we're, but we're saying that there is a lot of talent within this farm system to where if you give up somebody, even if it stings, even if it hurts, they're all going to hurt. There's still a lot of talents that can help fill in. And the Dodgers have shown the ability to be able to continue to develop talent when needed and help bring guys filled in. So in that aspect, we're not saying hold on to these prospects. We're not prospect huggers. We want these guys to get opportunities, whether regardless whether they're with the Dodgers or with another organization. And if they're with another organization, make it so that the Dodgers are of benefit and that helps situation situate the Dodgers to be in a chance to best win a World Series. So if you're going to say to me, hey, we can't afford to go get Jesus, Lazardo, Tanner, Scott because, man, we don't want to gut the farm system. I'm not buying that. And and I know as as much about as far as who these guys are, that, that, just, that, 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 that comment doesn't play with me. Now, the guy that I'm showing you right here, if you were to say, hey, we don't need – here's kind of what, what I'm saying. If you were to say, I, I don't think that I would trade Andy Pajes in a Jesus, Lazardo trade, I would say – that makes sense to me. You know why? You already trade Johnny DeLuca. Andy Pajes is your only other right-handed outfield hitting prospect, maybe other than Jose Ramos, who I love Jose, but he's a long ways away from the major leagues right now. He's a long ways away, in my opinion, to being major league ready. If you want to make that statement to me, there isn't redundancy as, a, as far as right-handed. Now, you have Damon Keith, but he's away. He, he's a ways away, too. I mean, he was with Great Lakes last year so if you want to make that statement to me i hey i wouldn't trade andy pajes either because there isn't redundancy as far as right-handed hitting outfielders in the dodgers organization right now but if you're not if you're going to talk pitchers if you're going to talk catchers if you're going to talk left-handed hitters if you're going to talk infielders go for it period any discussion go for it the dodgers have a million of them so yeah it's just going to depend on to the person they're asking for yeah, and I think especially with a team like the Marlins, I think the best thing about that is there's redundancy as far as left-handed them, pitching yes. on the Marlins to where it could be mutually beneficial on both sides. Yeah, no, I'm in total agreement. If you have a plan, if you are saying Andy Pajes, we want him to be a starting outfielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers 2025. He's one of our homegrown talents that we want to bring up. And I am all for that. I've talked about a lot of how talented and how much I believe in the talent of Andy Pajes and how much of an impact that he can have to this lineup. If that is the plan, hold on to Andy Pajes and don't trade him for a Jesus Lazardo and Tanner Scott. If you're looking at other guys and saying, hey, we really want Kyle Hurt to be a dominant reliever for us or a dominant bridge guy or to be a starter, then don't trade a Kyle Hurt. Yeah, if you right. have a definitive plan for these guys, do not trade these guys. But if you're just holding on to them because you might need them, right? or you're talking about, okay, what if something doesn't work out with this guy? There is a lot of redundancy. There is a lot of depth in this organization. I don't want that to hold back the Dodgers from winning a World Series, and I don't want to hold them back from having the necessary depth 
at the big league level to do that. It's enough to say we have a lot of redundancy. We have a lot of talent. But what about as far as a frontline starting pitching pitcher if Tyler Glass now goes down with an injury, if Walker Buehler is not able to go back? Who are you going to turn to and rely on? You could rely on some of these very talented starting pitchers that are coming up through the farm system. Is that a chance that the Dodgers are going to want to take during the postseason Mm -hmm. to throw out a Gavin Stone, to throw out a Nick Frasso, to throw out a Kyle Hurts, who are incredibly talented, but game three, are they willing to throw those guys out into the postseason? I don't know the answer to that. And I would say that with the team – with Shohei Otani, I think with where the Dodgers are at, they'd probably be more comfortable getting more of a frontline starting pitcher to fill in that role in case that happens. And so I think it makes more sense for the organization to go down that route. Again, that is not saying anything about the talent of Frasso. That's not saying anything to the talent about Knack, Hurt, Gavin Stone, any of these pitchers, because they are incredibly talented, and we will keep talking about how talented they are. That's saying where the Dodgers are at, and to get them to the place and get them the experience that they need to get to that next level, the Dodgers are going to have to... The Dodgers don't have the space to be able to provide that for them, or at least it doesn't appear that they have the space to do that. Do what you can with the redundancy that you have to get the necessary pieces to put you over the top so then you do not fail on your quest to the World Series. Yep, Nando's saying Vargas Stone, Cartaya, those two new kids they got for Bush, for Lazardo, and Scott. Okay, did they re-sign Will Smith yet? No, they have not. That's a great question, Paul. Showtime, I really hope Cartaya isn't in the deal uh, because if, if they don't re-sign Smith, he would be next in line. I actually think that – let me actually put this up here, and we're going to have a feature on him here before too long. I actually think the next guy in line would be this guy right here. Do you know who that would be, Austin? Who would that be? Hunter Fiducia. He certainly is the closest to being big league ready right now, yeah. Yeah, just got put on the 40-man roster, and he is very, very underrated. He is a very good player. He can hit fastballs, and he can hit – big league fastballs the harder you throw it the more he's going to hit it it would be interesting i think i think i would agree what what the comment is there is the comment it's right in the sense that cartaya rushing they probably do have higher ceilings but i also do think here's why the dodgers are going to value hunter fiducia and here's why i think they put him on the 40 man you're seeing him right here he has a higher he has a higher floor and that's because he hits fastballs i mean he hits the crap out of fastballs and he's left-handed and he's very consistent. So uh, Hunter Fiducia that you're seeing right here, again, just more redundancy in the system. Very good player as you're seeing him hit right here. Okay, so let me get up to some more of the comments here. We have a wonderful lobby going on right now. Okay, as we talk, yeah. all right. Should we resign? remind the audience, to, if they haven't to already, to make sure that they like this video and subscribe to Dodgers Daily? Uh, let's get us to a whole bunch of different likes. That would be very, I know that for Casey, that'd be very much appreciated. And for myself, that'd be very much appreciated as well. Austin, you are as much Dodgers daily as I am at this point that you know that. So this is all about us and Hey, even the community here, we're all doing this together. We're all trying to make Dodgers daily, a very fun experience all together. So this is absolutely fantastic. So no, they have not re-signed Will Smith yet. Dalton rushing and Tyrone, have leapfrog Cartaya. 
be interesting to see if if it'd be interesting to see. I don't know. I think that's one of those beauties in the the eye of the beholder. And again, I think a lot of guys are on the same thought process that I am. That I don't think you could. I don't think a lot of guys would make that statement until they see Dalton rushing. Remember, Dalton rushing hit what like two twenty six this year at the high level, and then Tyrell yeah, two twenty eight, huh? Two twenty eight, yeah, something like that. So it wasn't like he was just lights out. You know, I know Diego struggled, but I think a lot of guys would want to see those guys at the double A level to compare apples to apples to see which one's better. Yeah, that would give you a little bit of a better comparison. You can use WRC Plus to compare them against the level that they are currently at. It's just a little bit difficult for these prospects to be able to predict how they're going to do yep. at future levels, especially with as the talent increases and incre- increases. Again, these guys are incredibly talented. Tyron Lorenzo, best WRC plus in the Dodgers organization this past season. Dalton Rushing, remember, he had a full month to where he was dealing with injuries, and that affected yes. some of his batting average with that. But even with that, he was still able to put a 140-something WRC plus. He was still able to walk almost 20% of the time. He was hitting for tons of power, and you look outside of that stretch, he has a ton of of raw tools, a ton of potential. Even with Diego Cartaya, I know last year was a struggle. I know that probably has affected the perception of him as a player. There's still a lot of talent in him. He I was think that's with more fan perception than it is organization perspective. Perception. I think you're right with that. I think you're absolutely right with that. And remember, he is still incredibly young for his level. Yeah, for Double right, A exactly. to be, what, 21, 22 years old, that is two three years younger than the average age at double a that he's so how old was Dalton rushing? he was uh 22 ish I, I don't know and i don't so know what if exactly at the age of 22 which would be next year for diego cartai you sent him down to high a would he hit better than 226 uh at high well he's already proven that he can hit but you see my point i mean I, I know the perception is diego struggled last year this and that but again, he's a year younger than than Dalton Rushing, correct? Yeah, Dalton Rushing, he is twenty two right now, almost. And Diego is. Diego, I'd have to look that up. Give me just a second. Yeah, so basically, you're talking about a guy. I think Diego's a year younger than than Dalton. Diego's about six months younger. Yeah. Okay, so he's six months younger than Dalton, and he's one step ahead of Dalton as far as advancement. So, what if you took? Diego Cartaya at the same age that Dalton was at high A last year and put him at high A, right? And then see how he did there. I'll, I'll bet he would have a better season than Dalton did at the high A level this coming year. I mean, you, you kind of see what I'm saying here. That's There's a perception that because Diego is at the double A level at a higher level didn't, I think that's more perception than it is reality to the organization and to other organizations. I'm not sold and convinced that other organizations would prioritize any other catcher over Diego Cartaya. The dude has just skills off the chart. He's huge. I mean, he's he's big like Sal Perez. Dalton Rushing is, is stock too. But he has the perfect frame. He has the perfect swing. He throws the second grade. His defense got massively better last year. I'm not as sold on the fact, again, that, that other organizations wouldn't value him over everybody because he has that type of upside but it would be interesting to see i do know there's a difference between 
top 10 prospects list that you see even on the MLB pipeline than the top 10 prospects list that the Dodgers would have. And in most cases, it's absolutely substantially different. I think if you and I had one come out, it would look a lot different than everybody else's. We don't stand to gain by any of that, so that will never happen. But uh, I think it would be a little bit different. But, yeah, it, it's great conversation. This is a wonder. This is a hell of a lot of fun we're having talking about all this. Yeah, uh, and how much fun is it to talk about three different elite catching prospects yeah, no within this organization? Plus, Hunter and you're Fiducia. talking about which one, is, which one is better, which one has higher stock. Uh, you're in a great position if you're talking about these guys. And that's not even counting the other great catchers. That's not talking about Yanir Fernandez. That's not talking about Griffin Lockwood Powell. That wasn't even mentioning Hunter Fiducia, even though he was mentioning or some of the other guys within this organization. There's a lot of talent at the catching position. <clears throat> yep. Hey, Harley, good evening, Harley. Thank you so much for joining. Hello, and a short series winning 100 games means nothing. 2023 showed that. Yeah, and especially whenever you have that layoff. We have a wonderful crowd going on. This is so much fun. Roy, if we can get Lazardo, absolutely make the move. Paul says get Lazardo now. While we're at it, Nando says get Arias and Jazz Chisholm. Yeah, so Jazz Chisholm, I think with the Dodgers, with where they're at with the position player-wise, I think they are content with everything right now. Now, with Arias, you're talking about a lot of very good elite, probably the best in baseball as far as back-to-ball skills. Uh, He's a really good hitter. He's going to hit for average. He's maybe a little bit of doubles in there as well. Uh, a very different type of hitter from what the Dodgers have. The biggest concern that you have with Arias, and we've talked about this before, he is not good defensively at second yeah. base at all. And I think we're with not the on Dodgers, that train. I don't think, yeah, I don't think the Dodgers would be comfortable putting Max Muncy, who you already feel is shaky at third base, and Gavin Lux, who you're just a little bit of question marks as far as how he's going to adjust at the big league level, coming off of the injury at shortstop. Having those guys, those three guys in the infield would be incredibly shaky. So with Arias, I just don't see the fit for there. With Jazz Chisholm, I think the Marlins probably prioritize him as one of the faces of their organization. And I don't really see a role for him. You could throw him out in the outfield if you want to, but I just don't see a good fit for either Chisholm or Arias, as good of players as they are on the Dodgers right now. Yep, Cartaya will be 25 or 26 before he comes to the big club. That's what Craig says, and that is because you have Hunter Fiducia, then you also have Will Smith, and then Austin Barnes has two more years. So, yeah, that's kind of what we're talking about. one more about. year, I believe. Huh? Barnes has just one more year, One more year. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, that, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about. I mean, as good as these guys are, if you don't have a position for them, like Michael Bush, how valuable actually are they to the organization even if they are incredibly talented. So that's kind of the perspective that we're coming from. Nando says, Stone Grove, Vargas, Cartaya, Pajes gets the deal done. Hep C says, no need for Arias or Chisholm. These conversations are always fascinating. There's always great conversation on both sides of them, and I say it every single time, Austin. There is no better community to talk baseball than Dodgers Daily. The people that come here and post and get in our chat – are absolutely elite when they're talking about baseball, 100%. Yeah, and even if it's something where you disagree with something that or we disagree and I with you. talk about, yeah. even if it's something where it's like, no, I want Arias, I want Chisholm, they provide something different to the Dodgers lineup. They add a little bit more dynamic ability to this lineup. 
please don't be afraid to present that. And that that brings up great conversation. I don't want it to be something where it's all, yeah, we agree on everything. I think we can learn from each other and talk about different things. But I like the, how the Dodgers Daily community doesn't always agree on one thing, but can have smart, intelligent, 100%. respectful baseball conversations that is when it gets really fun to talk and if you have a question on some of the prospects in terms of some of the stuff that you think that you want to know that they're not as good at or things that you might keep them hey we have a, a super chat keep them from being you know consistent in the major leagues so it's going to be the things that they do well that gets them to the major leagues it's going to be the things that they can stay consistent at that keeps them in the major leagues so if you have questions as far as i know we tend to to cover the parts of these prospects that they do well because we try to match the type of instruction these guys get from the Dodgers. We like to, to – they set the trend. They set the tone. We like to have the same tone that the organization has as far as how we present these guys the same way that, that these guys get instructed, right? So if you have a question on something that, that you want to know, hey, maybe what does this guy need to do better? What does he not – what, what what does he not do quite as well? What might keep him from being, you know, that guy that, that sticks in the major leagues? Ask it. We, we have time on these YouTube shows to, to, to dive into that. That's, that. Those are perfectly great questions, and we would love to answer all those. Bogey34 says, homegrown is the sweetest, most impressive. It shows domination from a front office. Also, uh, love the reclamation project, CT3, Muncie, and JT. I love those guys. Those guys, to me, are Dodgers, though, because they became good players because they got into the Dodgers minor league system. You know, like a Jason Hayward, he came over. He never spent time in the minor leagues. I, I kind of see him as a guy. I don't necessarily see him as the, a, a Dodger, per se. But like Max Muncie, he came to Oklahoma City. Chris Taylor came to Oklahoma City. And, and – Justin Turner's a little bit different, too. I mean, obviously, being with the Dodgers for that long, that's a totally different scenario. But those guys absolutely made their careers in Oklahoma City. They are as much Dodgers prospects that were success stories to me as any other guy that came through the system because I fell in love with those guys watching them with my own eyes in Oklahoma City. DJ Jesse, Dodgers have prospects to make a trade, no doubt about it. John Cozy says, totally agree. 275 vet good evening 275 rltw i'm sure friedman has plan a b and c yeah friedman never gets caught with any kind of indecision or or not having a plan b or c no doubt about that hepsi lazardo is a number two okay yeah that goes more that that would go more to support what you were saying austin no doubt about that jose ayala says casey i believe that players acquired should have a good season no doubt but I think we are focusing too much on season stats. Dodgers will be fine and win the division. I would worry more on October stats. I think that's why you need to continue to fill every single hole you have. Go get Lazardo, go get Tanner Scott, and then maybe go get Josh Hader if, if he comes down for the right price, but only at the right price for him. Hey, Mr. John Rod, yeah. good evening, everyone. Just a reminder, hey, if you haven't hit that like button, if you haven't left a comment, and if you haven't become a subscriber, please do that right now. So, hey, we have a super chat at the top. Let's get to that. Actually, where is that in the chat here? I don't see it any. I don't see it anymore. Do you? It, there it is. It should right be here. towards the bottom. Of okay, the chat. Mike Lopez. Thank you so much. 
Okay, so here we go. If you can't sign Hader or trade for a left-handed reliever, would you be open to bring Chapman on a one-year deal? His K rate was one of the best. Fastball hits 100-plus. Austin, I'm going to let you dive into that. Yeah, with, I think the talent level that Chapman would provide would be towards the level of what the Dodgers would want as far as a left-handed reliever as far as a closer as far as somebody who has been relied upon you can talk about there being some shaky outings from him especially during postseason uh in the past but he has been relied upon in high leverage situations and he's had a lot of talent i think the big question for him would be does he fit into the Dodgers culture and the clubhouse environment um i think there would be some questions as far as that concerned, you want to make sure that this dugout is good for as much talent as he has. Does he fit into that? And there are concerns about him in big time situations. I know there is some situations, even in this run where Texas won the World Series, where he struggled in. We've seen him give up big home runs and big moments in the postseason. Are you willing to contend with that? I think he could be an option. He wouldn't be, he would be towards the back end of plans and only on an if necessary basis. So uh, again, I'm not, I don't want to give Josh Hader five years, a hundred million dollars that I don't believe is the smartest thing to do. Um, But I also don't, I'm not fully convinced on the Chapman trade. I can do a little bit Mm -hmm. more research as far as his actual season numbers, as far as how they've been. Uh, I don't know what some of your thoughts are on that, Casey. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I, I'm following your train right there. I think there's too much inconsistency, and there's other options out there. And I, I, I also think I would definitely try Kyle Hurt. I would definitely try Justin May. I would try different options that are in-house before I would go down that route. Hey, thank you so much Which, for yeah, that super and, chat and that question. And it's not to say that – yeah, and that's not to say that Araldis Chapman isn't an incredibly talented yeah, no pitcher. This past season, he put up some really good numbers, had a really good rebound season, strikes out a ton of guys. He's a little bit inconsistent as far as the walks. So as far as the profile of type of player, strikes out a lot of guys, maybe struggles with a little bit of command issues. That kind of fits with what the Dodgers want. The Dodgers as also... As, I, as far as a relief yeah. pitcher that can fit within this organization. Yeah. Yeah, hassle has to fit into this clubhouse as well, and that's where I have some of the biggest questions. Yep. Okay, so we have a lot of comments to get to here. Nando says, if the Dodgers don't get Lazardo, expect the Yankees to. Yep. Hey, Danielle Berry Sports Highlights. Hey, hey, back to you. Thank you so much for joining. Okay, Hep C says, Lazardo is 12th in the league in strikeouts with 208. Yep, so more proof that I was probably underrating him, Austin. You pushed back on that, said he's probably a two or three. Pepsi is definitely backing you up on that. Mr. John Rod, 77, Dodgers need to pull the trigger on the trade for Lazardo already. Yes, and also says, all this teasing, not good for my blood pressure, no doubt. Okay, Roy says, Lazardo, let's go. Mr. John Rod, smash that thumbs up and support the channel. Hey, I am all about that. Thank you, Mr. John Rod, for saying that. Showtime, Dodgers rotation with Lazardo, Yoshi, Glass now, Lazardo, Bobby Miller, Sheehan. That would be pretty badass. No doubt about that. 275, uh, 275 vet. How many years team control does Lazardo have left? Three, yep. Paul Charles, yes. I would not be surprised if 
Friedman has a trade plan in mind already, just waiting for a few things to still work out. I would agree with you, Paul. He keeps all of his cards close to the vest. You never know, as D-Max says, until he's ready to say checkmate. And that's the first time usually you hear about something. Hep C? Yeah, and it could be something that he has a totally different plan that's even better than the plan that we've come up with, too. That is totally possible with Freeman. You have to, the track record suggests that you should trust him. And no doubt. I certainly do. What Hep C says, would hurt to see Frosso go, no doubt, but you would be selling high on him. I totally agree. He has had injury concerns and reliever risk, no doubt. Lazardo proven major league starter. That is a hundred percent that is an elite statement to make right there. That is very fair and it is one hundred percent correct about Nick Frasso. Yeah, and there's it's also true that he has a ton of upside and a ton of potential and has flashed incredible elite stuff as we've talked about, as we've discussed. Uh all of these guys, all of these prospects are not perfect, which is part of the reason. Yeah why they haven't been called up to the major league level. They've still got stuff that they can work on. There's still some some unknowns as far as the future, which is why the Dodgers might be willing to trade some of these guys for a little bit of a more known commodity as they push towards the World Series over the next couple of seasons during the prime of Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Shohei Otani. Pepsi says, doubt the Marlins would want to work with the Yankees after what they got in the Stanton trade. Paul says, throw Margot in the deal. Yeah, I think Margot and Margot, you talk about Margot and Hayward, then also Margot and maybe even James Altman. I think there's going to be a pretty good platoon there. It's going to be very platoon heavy, matchup heavy for the Dodgers this year. Nando, for the most part, the only prospects the Dodgers traded away that ended up good is Jordan Alvarez and O'Neill Cruz. I would say they lost the Luke Rayleigh trade. They got back Tanner Dodson, who is still in AAA. Luke Rayleigh had a very good year. Very, very good. Way better year than any left fielder the Dodgers had on roster last year for the Rays. He just got traded to the Mariners. And I would also say that whenever they went and got Joey Gallo, they definitely lost the Clayton Beater trade. Clayton Beater is going to be a great pitcher for the Yankees. He's already got just put on the 40-man roster. Clayton Beater was a swing and the miss by the Dodgers. No doubt about that. So I would bring up those two guys, two recent trades that the Dodgers, in my opinion, have lost. So it does happen to the Dodgers, and those are two guys that I think the Dodgers missed out on. Although Luke Grady, I mean, Ryan Nota is another one. Ryan Nota had a full year, and he led the – the American League, I believe, led the American League in walks. And then also Jose Hernandez. There's another one that stuck with Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, yeah, a couple of real five guys. Yeah. But then also, I mean, what is Nick Destrini going to do for the White Sox? Uh, I think Destrini, he's yes. going to be really something special. Was that worth the Lance Lynn and Joe mm-hmm. Kelly trip? There are – you yeah. have to give up talent for the Dodgers in order to acquire talent. And I don't think we want those – we don't want the Dodgers to win – we want the Dodgers to be get something of value in return, but we also want these guys to also have good, successful big league careers. So we celebrate when Luke Rayleigh is doing good no in Tampa. Now he's going to do good things for the Mariners. We hope that Nick Nostrini is going to do good stuff for the White Sox as well. We still back these guys as they go to other organizations, and we hope that the the talent that the Dodgers get back puts them in the best position to win in the World Series. If that happens and these guys have successful big league careers, it is a win-win, and I think that's when we're most happy. All right, Norm Lee. Good evening, Norm. Thank you so much for joining every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. This roster has needs. Too many swing and miss players in the lineup. I, I said that many times. Need more dynamic players. Hopefully Gavin Lux can be that guy who are consistently and easily taken out of the playoffs. 
Taylor, Muncie, Altman fall under that category. 100% agree. I hope that Gavin Lux is that dynamic player the Dodgers need. Roy says, hate to say it, the Bueller is going to be a repeat of May. Bueller needs the sicky stuff. He's saying that whenever they they crack down on the pine tar or the foreign substances, he lost spin rate, and he hasn't been as good since. So we'll see how that goes. Wrap dust in May and bubble wrap and put him in the bullpen. I agree, Nando. I've, I've mentioned a couple times I think you'd be a great closer. Hep C, Dean Kramer, Josiah Gray, Ruiz Verdugo, et cetera, have been good. Not world beaters, but that's better than what the Marlins got in that Stanton trade where those prospects didn't even crack the major leagues. Yep. Okay, Nando, I hate to hear you say that, but you are right, says Mr. John Rod. Normally, I would go all in with an overwhelming trade to offer Cleveland for Ramirez, Jimenez, and Bieber. It will cost a mint, but would fill third, second, and sixth starter and push bets back to right field. Yeah, that would be, oh man, that would be really tough to work out that, especially with Jose Ramirez, who is one of the best third basemen in all of baseball. Um, I don't think the Guardians are in a position, we've heard a lot of rumors right now, as far as them potentially wanting to compete in the American League Central, which is one of, if not the weakest division in all of Major League Baseball. They might want to compete. He is the face of of that franchise he would be an amazing addition for the Dodgers I I find it very difficult for the Dodgers to be able to pull that off to be able to convince the Guardians to trade away a Jose Ramirez I think it's much more likely that the Dodgers would be content with the lineup that they have right now I think there's a lot of really good pieces in this lineup I think they're still happy with the offensive production that Max Muncy still produces otherwise they wouldn't have signed him to two years during this offseason they would have found some sort of other avenue I think they're still content with that Jose Ramirez would be amazing get to the Dodgers uh I just don't see that as a realistic option right now. Okay, Roy Estrada says, Nando spitting out facts on Dustin May about putting bubble bubble wrap around him. Hey, Lance Jennings, thank you so much for the new subscriber. How about that, Austin? Let's give him a standing ovation. I don't have all the bells and whistles like some of the other channels do where they can play all of that kind of stuff. But, hey, thank you so much, Lance. That is awesome says thank you for the great channel well thank you for the great support hope you come back every sunday wednesday and friday justin sutterfield let's go dodgers norm lee nando they're talking back and forth mr john rod hepsi okay they're talking back and forth okay mike what do they give up for both lazardo and scott we talked about that probably frosso knack cartaya one lower ranked higher or higher ranked prospects at the lower levels Okay, so Nor- yeah, and those pitchers could also exchange depending on what the Marlins, as far as what they prioritize too. They have a lot. The Dodgers have a lot of depth as far as right-handed pitching, and so I'm sure they're going to be back and forth if these trade discussions happen as far as what the Marlins would want. So you you also have to take into account not just what the Dodgers would want to give up, but what the Marlins would want in return. Norman said, Norm Lee says, I would empty the farm for a premier position player. Not a pitcher. Okay, Craig gave an update on the Lakers game. Hepsi is talking to Mr. John Rod there. Okay, Nando. Pitchers should give up the splitter then. Maybe just, yeah, they're, talk, they're talking about what is causing injury. I can tell you the science behind it. And it's, it. yes, all kinds of breaking pitches, whether you pronate or supinate, that adds stress to the arm. That is ob- obviously the cause. But the biggest cause is everybody's maxing out. 
They're trying to throw every pitch as hard as they can. Now, if you try to throw a breaking pitch as hard as you can, that's going to hurt your arm faster than trying to throw a fastball as hard as you can. But what is hurting people's arms is that, like the Dodgers, yes, they're limiting innings for guys. But when so when the so like Clayton Beaters when the, when he is with the Dodgers, he was getting like six outs. So when he gets those six outs, Austin, guess what he's doing? Maxing out. He's completely maxing out. So even though you are throwing less innings, you're actually putting more stress and wear and tear on your arm. You're actually using your arm in a way that's more likely to injure it because every pitch that you throw is a max. So whether it be a fastball or whether it be an off-speed pitch, if you max out, you are throwing in a way that is more likely to injure your arm. And as you max out again, anytime you supinate or pronate, it's obviously going to be harder on your arm even from there. Michael Craywick, thank you so much for joining. Hi, Casey. Michael living in Thailand. Wow, absolutely fantastic. Hep C, yes, actually, he says, Jesus Galise. I played video of Jesus Galise earlier, the hit collector. He's probably the best catcher in the organization in terms of using the middle of the field. Mike M., after listening to your praise regarding Cartaya rushing and Lorenzo, do the Dodgers really need to keep Barnes? They're going to this year. Uh, so none of those guys are major league ready. So from that perspective, if you were going to say, why would they get rid of Barnes? It would be because of Hunter Fiducia, not because of any of them. My perspective on that, I've given it, is that for everything he's done for the organization, whether you like it or not, they don't think there's a better backup catcher that could provide more value to the organization for him. That's just how they see it. Bobby Miller is living up to the hype, says Hepsi. I agree. Nando says Bueller's first game pitching is going to have everyone holding their breath. Yeah, I actually got to see him last year in Oklahoma City. Norm says, honestly, most Dodgers prospects have not met their hype. Seager and possibly Bueller and Smith are the handful who have come close. I would say in the last three or four years, they haven't, they haven't really given them fair shots. And I would say Gavin Lux is still in the process of trying to prove that. So we'll see. Rushing and Lorenzo wouldn't benefit. And also, James Altman actually has overplayed his hype. He was a seventh-round draft pick. He was seen as just kind of a depth piece for the most part by all the scouts, and he's actually probably outperformed what people have thought. Rushing Lorenzo wouldn't benefit in replacing Barnes. Yeah, we talked about that. Justin, it's all in time. I totally agree. It's time to cash in on a group of these prospects to give us a chance at winning. No, no, no. You need to change that, Justin. Not a championship. You need to say you need to remove the A, and you need to put an S at the end of that championship. And it needs to be championships because it needs to be plural, right? Nor Okay, they're talking back and forth. Okay, you just said rushing could be playing on a major league team. Yes, for somebody else, not on this team because he's not going to jump. It's my opinion. If Dalton Rushing got traded, he'd be on a major league roster by the end of this year. Would you agree, Austin? He would cert- He he has all of the offensive tools. Defensively, I think he's got a lot of skill in that. Um, I don't know as far as what organization, as far as the depth that they have. I think the talent that Dalton Rushing has. I think, especially building off of what he did during that final month, and especially what he did during that playoff run that the Loons have. There's a lot of tools, a lot of potential to where if he takes off running in Double A. Then he is just in AAA for a little bit. Then you can conceivably see him on another organization, potentially being yep. really close to being big league ready. So with the Dodgers, I don't see that as being a realistic opportunity for him next season. He's not on the 40-man roster. But as far as the future or if he was a part of another organization, 
and with the Dodgers, the sky is the limit with Dalton. Rush. Yeah, Mike he C has says all the talent in the world. Mike C says Kershaw said Sheehan has better stuff than Miller or Pepio. He definitely. I, I said it at the, this time last year. I made the tweet that Emmett Sheehan and Dustin May had the two best fastballs in the organization. And I'm telling you, 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 you're my witness, Austin. Everybody's like, what in the hell are you talking about? Emmett Sheehan, who? I'm like, guys, just wait. The dude, I mean, it has oh, like 23 inches of arm side movement to it. It's 97, 98. Guys can't hit it. It's a ridiculously great pitch. So I don't know if Emmett yeah, Sheehan it, has better stuff, but I think it's possible that he has, does have the best fastball. Yeah, he has amazing stuff. I remember seeing him opening weekend of 2022, and it was funny. At the time, there was, uh, there was a guy at the church who actually big Dodgers fan up here in Michigan, and so I would tell him a little bit about some of the games that I went into, and it was like first, it was the first Saturday of 2022, and Emmett Sheehan was out on the mound, and I went back and told one of my buddies at church, and he, I was like, dude, watch out for Emmett Sheehan, because I was sitting right behind O'Play, and his stuff is nasty. Yeah, I'm sure is. his stuff has even grown as he's gotten better through the big league level, and as we've seen, yeah, no, he has tremendous stuff. And I think he's going to be in these trade conversations, a high priority piece for the Dodgers to keep. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's it's going to be more than that. It's going to be, hey, we've got a lot of pieces. Stay off of that one. I think Kyle Hurts also in that that group as well. So we have a great conversation going on about the prospects. I will say this: there's reasons to explain why Gavin Stone struggled last year. I think they took away his two seam. He got pigeonholed. He didn't have strike pitches that he could throw he felt like he could throw at the major league level that weren't going to get ambushed so they added the cutter i think and then he added back his two seam so basically added two pitches they added his two seam back that gave him the right turn the cutter gave him the left turn and then also they taxied him like three different times to la didn't pitch him the inconsistency it's way harder than you think and by the end of last year gavin stone had made some adjustments and looked very good so i think he could easily be explained. I think Michael Grove looked fantastic after he added the cutter in relief roles. I think he was really good in relief, so I think you could you could say that he's done very well from that perspective. So I would defend those yeah. two from those two perspectives. Okay. Yeah, and I will just add one more point with Gavin Stone. Remember, he got called up at a time where the Dodgers were really dealing with injuries, and he was kind of almost a, we really need a starting pitcher. Can you kind of help fill in this role. So I don't know if even he was put in a position to best succeed at that time when he got to the Dodgers. He's kind of thrown in there because the Dodgers needed pitching at the time. I still believe in the talent and the upside that Gavin Stone has. Talk about him being the best minor league pitcher. No exaggeration yeah. at all in 2022. I think the upside with Gavin Stone, with the adjustment that he's made, I think he can still be a really good, really high-quality big league starting pitcher. Diaz says, I'm sorry, are there actual talks with the Marlins regarding a trade? Or are we just speculating here? Of course, the Dodgers, will, you'll never know if the Dodgers are in trade talks because they keep all of their cards close to their vest. You don't hear from them until the trade's actually going to happen. There was a report, what we were talking about, is from ML, MLB Insider 1, who actually called the Shohei Otani signing. He called the Yamamoto signing. He has seemed to be a little that that account seems to have been linked into the Dodgers a little bit in this offseason. So that's what got the chat started tonight. Plus, Austin yeah, and I have I been talking about that for about a week about how we thought it would be a good deal. 
Yeah, I will say I will just make a clear statement that we don't have any inside reports yeah, right. from the Dodgers. Correct. Absolutely zero. So yep. this is all speculation based on what we believe are some of the needs and what are some of the best matches. This, and we know how the Dodgers are thinking as far as filling their needs. Yes. Yeah. And we've been fairly decent during this offseason as far as talking through what the Dodgers no might do. No, because we have a lot of communication with a lot of these guys. We understand from the, the rule five to who is going to get protected to who wouldn't get mm-hmm. DFA to all that. We've been pretty clued in with all that. Yeah, absolutely. So this is all speculation, but it's based from a point where we could conceivably see the Dodgers going down this route. Okay, Charlie Dodger, all these catching prospects, it seems whoever is MLB ready should take over for Barnes. Yeah, Will Smith is the best, says Craig. Duke Duke, thank you so much for joining. We need to keep all of our playoff pitcher prospects. Yeah, for it would definitely be depth at that point. And then, yeah, Mr. John Rod says, speculating and wishing and hoping, no doubt about it. Okay, so... Uh, here we go. All right. Charlie Dodger, don't want Chapman anywhere on this team. Why don't Dodgers trade or release Barnes? Yeah, we've covered that already. Okay, Hep C, do you guys think Tyrone and Rushing are more capable of withstanding the jump to double A and not go through a big struggle as Cartaya did? I think it happens. To, it just it either happens or it doesn't. I mean, I think there, there are guys like Sal Perez that, that can skate through and they're always good all the way through, and there's guys that don't. I I don't think I can. I, I usually don't like to duck questions like that. I, I, but I, I mean, I just, it's such a difficult jump. And I'm telling you, until I see those guys at that level, I can't tell you. I'd, I would think yeah. that because here's the reason why, here are the reasons why it wouldn't be a big jump for them. Dalton Rushing has an elite eye at the, at the plate. The largest part of being able to successfully jump from one, one level to the next is knowing what pitches to swing at because at the at the single a level you might be able to get away with being a little bit less disciplined as you get older and as you jump and and pitchers get better if you don't have plate discipline and swing at the right pitches it gets infinitely more difficult that is one advantage Dalton rushing has that I think is going to help him make that jump plus he's left-handed so the off-speed stuff that was getting Diego Cartaya that was being played off of the inside fastball is going to be coming into his swing versus going away from it, Diego, uh, going away from Diego. And then Tyrone is a switch hitter. Plus, Tyrone has already advanced defensively. So I would say yes, in my opinion. I think they do stand to jet. I guess I talked myself into saying I do think they have a better chance. Hey, Mike, good evening. Thank you for our moderator, Mike, who has been all over our international prospects. Paul says, great show. Roy says, yeah, no, we're going to go down. Okay, Atlanta, to be honest, are the current gold standard for development, developing homegrown stars. That's from Norm. Justin says, we need to sign Josh Hader. I'm worried if we don't, we'll see him in October on the Braves. That's a good point. If you don't go ahead and get him right now, you might be facing him. Yeah, that is certainly a risk that the Dodgers take as it's it appears that they're waiting out the market so they don't have to sign him to a long-term deal or they can sign Josh Hader if they want to sign Josh Hader, which there's a lot of rumors that they're wanting to, towards a deal that best suits or is best fits what the Dodgers are trying to do. Um, you do run risk of him signing with another team, and then you might have to go up against an elite arm. That is Josh Hader. Uh, That certainly is a case that they could go up against. And so that would lead you into wanting to go. We would need to go sign him right now. Dodgers aren't going to sign Josh Hader 
out of desperation right now. They have they're going to sign him if they do on their terms. They're going to be strategic about it. And if that signing doesn't work, they can go to alternative route. Even yep. if Jesus Lazardo isn't a trade piece that the Dodgers go get, they can still go get a really good left-handed reliever, whether that's Tanner Scott, whether that's Andrew Nardi, whether that is A.J. Puck from the Marlins. They yep. could go down alternative routes instead of just going with Josh Hader. I don't think they're going to be desperate in signing him immediately to whatever terms Josh Hader wants. If it makes sense for both sides, then go out and get him. If it doesn't, though, the Dodgers aren't in a place of desperation right now. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what's happened. I haven't been able to quite follow it. I think there may be a poster or something that's aggravating some people or whatever but we're going to go about 10 more minutes we're going to get through all these comments the dodgers need playoff players not regular season tarzans who play like jane the playoffs philly finds playoff players says norm abstract good evening abstract if we care about culture then why the hell would we want hater yeah that's a good question a lot of people have brought that up daniel paredes thank you for joining what kind of season can we expect from alex vesia typically speaking odds would say He's going to have a bounce back year because of the volatility, good year, bad year type of deal with relievers. I think you could probably expect a pretty good year from him. Mike, our moderator, says, in my opinion, the Dodgers will have limited homegrown talent. The fan base is win now and will be impatient to let a team with three quarters full with homegrown talent to grow. Yeah, just not the time. Mm -hmm. I agree. Question? Yeah, and and especially with Mookie Betts, Freddie yeah. Freeman, Joey Otani, they're not going to get any younger. This is the time when they have to win right now. So that, I think that's why the Dodgers aren't in a position to where they're going to have a lot of homegrown talent because they don't have a ton of time to wait while these guys are at the peak of their careers. Yep. So who's going to – this is a great question. Stephanie Dioust, who's going to play AAA infield? You're looking at Trey Sweeney. And then beyond that, probably Ryan Ward at first base. And that I don't think anybody knows at this point. They don't have a, they don't have a third baseman, I don't think, listed. Uh, probably Cody Hosey. I'll, I'll bet he moves up to AAA. And then who knows at second base because they traded away the orbit Vivas. That is a great. Yeah, I could see. I, yeah, that that is a really good question. I think Austin Gothier is going to yep, get a lot of playing time at Triple uh, A this upcoming season. So I think you can pencil him in. I think there's going to be some guys that they have, whether they've already signed them or guys that they sign in the future, that could be some death pieces. I think Miguel Vargas right now is penciled into Oklahoma City, so he's going to get plenty of playing time yeah, that's true that's yeah that, there He's you gonna go move around quite a bit uh, so i think you're gonna see some of those guys i think you're gonna probably see a lot of trey sweeney austin gothier filling in and then some of those depth minor league signings that you always seem to have on teams just in case there's an injury you have a guy with some major league experience that you can go ahead and call up yeah. we know that they've done that in the past with some guys okay so vet says 275 vet says 2020 definitely counts totally agree with that okay yeah. justin lamas okay yeah they're talking back and forth with each other Okay, so Sal says, did DePaulo make a top 100? Yeah, there's a, there's so many different ones. We had two guys make multiple top 100 lists, but yes, DePaulo made, definitely made at least one of them. Okay, Justin Lamas says, L.A. forfeited their second and fifth to sign Otani, and they would give up their third and sixth to sign any of Hader, Snell, Montgomery, Chapman, Bellinger. Hepsi, DePaulo has made the top 100 for different sites. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Okay, so as we go down here um, – the 2020 World Series talk. Yeah, okay. Okay, Woodruff probably. Okay, let me go down to the bottom of this. 
and we're just about out. Hey, guys, love the channel. I enjoy your analysis. Enjoy the Dodger talk. Appreciate your professionalism and lack of profanity during your show. Keep it up. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, we we don't use about the worst thing I'll say. It's a hell of a or something like that, you know. Okay, no real Dodger fan would say the 2020 championship doesn't count. I would agree with that. Hey, they won it by the rules that they were given. Mookie hit a game-tying home run off a hater. Yeah, bets to a cater deep. Yeah, okay, Roy, uh, I am thinking normally as a Braves fan. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going back and forth. They're kind of having a spirited chat tonight. That's okay, though. Okay, so, and I think that's that's to the end of of where we're at okay gothier yeah stephanie said gothier as well yeah you nailed all those austin so hey we are to the end of the chat we got to i think every single comment we had a very spirited chat tonight wonderful dodgers talk it's always you know like we said this is always the best community in terms of just great fans just elite comments that are made in this chat so austin it is 9 35 we are five minutes over time final thoughts yeah, no, I'm. Uh, you talk about the community, you talk about the people that have just come in and either found us or have been longtime listeners. We are incredibly grateful for everybody with that. The Dodgers are in a really fun time. They're in a really fun position because they have gr- great, tremendous talents on the Major League Club and in the farm system. We want to see all of these guys succeed. We want to see the Dodgers win a World Series. And while we are waiting for the next couple of weeks, it is less than a month away until pitchers and catchers report. We're about a month or so away until we get to start watching some spring training games, which we are super pumped about. Um, it is can be fun to talk about different ways, some of the final pieces for the offseason that the Dodgers could add there's a lot of fun trade talk. There is a lot of different rumors, speculation. We don't know how this is going to go down. So to entertain ourselves as we move forward, it's fun to talk about this. And it's fun to do this with the best Dodgers and best baseball community out there. So I know for Casey and I, we are incredibly grateful and thankful for each one of you. If you haven't already, I highly recommend leaving a like, commenting, subscribing, but also go out and watch some of the player interviews as well, because that is some of the most unique content that I know Casey does a tremendous job with those guys, with the players. Uh, you can see it for some guys that were at the major league club, Gus Farland, Michael Grove. You can see it for T.Y. Taylor Young, who I got to see play all this past season at Great Lakes, who has tremendous upside. Stole 56 stolen yeah. bases, in case you don't didn't know about that. So be sure to check out those and can say the alphabet backwards. contents that we have. And can say the you alphabet say backwards the alphabet in six backwards. seconds. You know what? I think I think a good way to close off the show, Casey, is for you to say the alphabet backwards I can't do because it. T.Y. was able to close that out with it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Hey, a better way <laughs> to close this out is to thank Mike for moderating and for all the wonderful comment. Hey, how about that hot take Monday you had on Munitaka Murakami? How about the article that he had on Sasaki? All the content he has provided, Dodgers Daily. The, the moderation that he did in our chat tonight when it got lively. Mike, I cannot thank you enough. You are absolutely a rock star. So thank you so much. Hey, I can't thank our crowd anymore. You guys are absolutely awesome. I say this every time. We are doing this together. This show is us together enjoying Dodgers baseball talk. It's as, it's as much you as it is me. It's as much you as it is Austin. 
It is us. We are a team. We are the Dodgers Daily Team. And because of that, it is a hell of a lot of fun. See, I said that's about as much as I would say in a chat. So, hey, thank you to everybody. And this has been a super amount of fun, no doubt about that. And until next time, which will be Friday evening, I'd like to say thank you once again for tuning in and go Dodgers.